Welcome to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, a place for healing and hope for couples impacted by betrayal resulting from infidelity and or sex addiction. Your hosts are Marnie Breaker and Dwayne Osterland, licensed marriage and family therapists, certified sex addiction therapists, and founders of respective treatment centers in Long Beach, Los Angeles, and San Diego, California. Marnie and Dwayne co-created Helping Couples Heal, a comprehensive program for couples recovering from betrayal trauma, including an in-person two-day workshop, an online aftercare program, and this podcast series is the first component of the program. Thank you for listening. Marnie and Dwayne are committed to helping you recover from the devastating impact of betrayal trauma and are honored to support you wherever you may be in your healing. If you've lost hope, you've come to the right place. Now, take a slow, deep breath, and let's begin with the Helping Couples Heal podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Helping Couples Heal podcast. This is Marnie, and I am here with Dwayne. Hello, everyone. And I am really glad, Dwayne, to have you back because I had done the last couple of podcasts without you and I just want you to know that I missed you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I was dealing with some uh, jaw pain issues, but I'm on the mend and getting better. So I'm excited to be back. Yeah, it's awesome that you're here. So we have a really important topic that we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about the shame of staying in a relationship after betrayal. But before we jump in and address this topic, we just have a couple of announcements that we're going to make. One is for additional support, free support and resources, feel free to join our Facebook group, Helping Couples Heal. You can easily find us by just searching for Helping Couples Heal. And Marnie, I have to say that group is so active and is such an incredible resource for so many people, just sharing their own stories, what's worked for them, how they've healed and worked through a lot of this trauma. So If you're struggling and you need a little extra support, join the Facebook group. Yeah, we really appreciate that. We're actually blown away by the amount of um, people that are are learning about the podcast. It's incredible when I talk to somebody, a client, for instance, who is looking for services and I ask how they found us and they say that they found us through the podcast and then they tell me how they found the podcast. And it's just incredible to see that, um, you know, it's really getting out there. It's it's what we wanted when we started this, Dwayne. So I'm I'm really just so um, it is amazing. It is it is really amazing. And to really see the community of people supporting each other that's just amazing as well. Couples yeah. supporting each other. Couples. Couples. Yes, absolutely. Couples supporting each other. So, so okay, well, why don't we, why don't we kick off and, and talk about our, our topic? Yeah, this is, I think, a great topic and I'm glad we're going to talk about it because it's something that I see so often when I see couples come in and they're struggling with betrayal trauma is the partner who has been betrayed feels so much overwhelming shame for wanting to stay in the relationship. Even if they're not 100% there, they still still feel the shame to stay. So I thought it would be a good topic to address and talk about. Yeah, I think it's so important. Um, I was just, I was just, I did one of our, you know, one of our last workshops not too long ago. I remember somebody actually said, um, if I stay in this relationship, am I basically saying that I'm okay with what he did? Right? Right. And, you know, I said, no, no, you're not okay with what he did. Um, And, and they're unrelated. But then a lot of the other people that were in that workshop, they all jumped on that and said, yes, I feel exactly the same way. Right. So it it comes up so often. And so when a partner stays, one thing that I've seen a lot of is that family members might know of their split or maybe friends know, because at the time they shared the crisis 
and they don't want to tell their friends or their family members that they're choosing to stay in the relationship. And so in another, in another level, they lose another level of support. Right. And actually, that's such a great point because earlier on in recovery, when I work with couples, one of the sort of crisis pieces that they're working on is who can we tell? right? Who can we rely on for support and who can we trust enough to tell? And that's one of the things that comes up where one or both people will say, no, we can't tell our families or you can't tell your families or no, you can't tell your friends because, you know, then how are, how is it going to be later, right? Like right. they're going to judge me or they're going to tell you to leave or they're going to tell you whatever it is. And so that's why for partners and addicts in recovery from betrayal, the whole concept of finding a, a support group is so crucial because oftentimes one or both partners really isn't comfortable telling a lot of people in their immediate social circle or even in their, you know, their family. And that's why it's so critical to get that support to really think about who's safe to tell and talk about this too. Yeah. So you can get the support that you need. Yeah. And I, I often give clients, I actually have a document. You might have this too. It was from, we, we got it in our CSAT training years ago, but it's a document or a worksheet that helps couples sort of navigate who they're going to tell and then what they're going to tell and how they're going to tell. So it's not just this sort of abstract concept or this arbitrary concept of, okay, we'll just tell these, you know, these people, but it really gets clear so that both people know and feel comfortable with the way it's going to be delivered and specifically what, because not everything has to be disclosed. And I'd also want to say that if you're dealing with this, it's also important to really understand some of the facts about betrayal and betrayal trauma with regards to people staying together. Most people choose to stay together with affairs and infidelities. And a lot of couples, the majority of couples actually work through it and come out the other side. But I think in our society and in our culture, we take this stance, well, I'm not going to do it. How, how you, you must be some kind of weak person or you don't have any self-esteem if you're going to be uh, treated like that. So there's this cultural pressure too. You mean, you mean treated like that and then staying in the relationship? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a cultural pressure. I would never take that from anybody. I would leave the relationship. And then when it actually happens and you have an established relationship, especially if you, if it's a longer term relationship, there's a lot to really think about in that topic, but a lot there's of people There's a lot jump. at stake. Yeah, there's, there's a lot there's, at stake, but there's a lot of social pressure that doesn't take that into account and kind of has this message that if, if you stay, you're bad, you're weak, you're shameful. I've heard a lot of partners actually say that if they if they hadn't experienced it themselves and you know so they'll be like a year ago if a good friend or a family member had come to me and told me that this had happened to them i would have told them they're crazy to stay you know right. so that, so they're projecting that onto now their own situation and and that makes sense that they would feel that way but again like you said oftentimes when we're not in a situation we do not know how we would react or how we would show up. We can't know that until we're in the situation ourselves. But it's it's another, I think it's important to point out because it's another burden that the partner has to bear as well. That's part of this whole trauma kind of cascade that comes out is this internal and social pressure and sometimes family too. Sometimes I've seen it where, um, you know, family members criticize a partner for staying, you know, mm -hmm. and so they get this pressure. Right. And so, and that's sort of the external shame, right? The, the shame that comes from what will other people say, 
or how are others judging me? And then there's the inner shame, the internal shame that partners experience about staying, which comes from what I said at the beginning, like, am I okay? Or am I sending the message that I'm somehow okay with what he has done if I stay? And so there's that self-judgment. And then also partners, you know, we do a lot of talking in this field, as you know, about the shame that an addict experiences, right? And carries with them and, and how that's such a huge barrier to recovery for the couple. We don't talk a ton, at least I haven't heard a ton about partner shame. And I've heard so often partners feel like this is such shameful behavior that he engaged in. And yet somehow I feel the shame, like somehow I feel somehow not responsible for what he did, but now I'm holding the shame too. And I'm embarrassed. Right. And, and, and so, you know, so there's, there's not just the shame of, of again, the external factor of what other people are going to say, but there's this very, this, this, this own, this like kind of inner conflict, this inner conflict about now I feel shame about what he has done. And so if I stay, what does that say, right? About, about me. And it's so, there's so much to it. It's so complicated. And like you said, it it is an added burden. It's, I'm glad we're talking about it because I think we need to acknowledge and validate again, just another layer that partners are contending with as they're trying to heal their relationships and trying to heal themselves. And, and getting comfortable if a partner chooses to stay, getting comfortable with that choice and say to couples out there, is to be able to open that dialogue up about it and talk with a therapist and be able to work through it and then find people that can support you in the way that you need to be supported or ask for it. Sometimes what partners have done, if they have a maybe a friend who's criticizing them for staying, this is horrible for you and you shouldn't do it. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. And I would never put up with this and, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Is that if that's a really good friend, you talk to them and say, look, this is the choice that I've made. And I would like your support in this choice. Can you give that to me? And, you know, sometimes people realize like, oh, okay, you know what, I, I'll back away from my own, my own judgments about it, and I'll just be there for you. And sometimes that can work too. And then some people can't do that. But then you know what's safe to share, you know, if that person is safe to share with, and can support you in the choice that you're making, whether it's to stay or leave, whatever that choice is, you, you want to have the support of friends who will be there and walk with you in that choice. You know, and I'm just thinking, Dwayne, that this idea of being shamed by others is not obviously not just something that we see in the betrayal trauma field. It's something that it's out there in the world in so many different ways. I was just thinking even about um, physical illness. When, when somebody gets diagnosed with a, with a disease, oftentimes there are all sorts of options. You know, some might include surgery, some might include chemotherapy or medication, some might include supplements, right, or, or more Eastern medicine. And oftentimes when somebody makes a choice for themselves, other people will come in and say, what are you crazy? How could you choose not to do chemo? Or what are you crazy? How could you choose to do these Eastern, Eastern, you know, new age things, right? So we see this in our culture in general. And I think it's important to bring that up because this is something that has to change, right? Like it, because think about what it does. The fact that we're even talking about it right now in this, in the context of partners feeling shame about staying, 
it's like, it's not supportive and it's not loving. I get that often people think they're doing it out of love and concern. I'm sure that I've done it. You know, I, I try really hard now not to give unsolicited advice and to try to stay in this situation, stay in my own lane, unless somebody really asks me, you know, if somebody asks me for my true opinion, I'll always give it, of course. But I do think, again, it would be so helpful if our society and our culture can move towards a place of compassion and recognition that we're all different. We all have different values, different beliefs, different life circumstances, and we're going to make different choices about different experiences. And that the greatest gift we can give each other is to just be present for that and to support it. It doesn't mean we have to agree, by the way. Right. Right. Supporting doesn't mean I agree with what you're doing. Supporting can just be respecting that somebody you love has made a decision that's maybe not what you would have done, but that's their decision and you want them to be happy and you pull for them and you hope that that it works out. Right. Right. So let's talk briefly about what partners can do if they're feeling this. And then also maybe how the person who's done the betrayal can be supportive. Yeah. Well, right off the bat, you know, what just came to my mind is the latter is that how can he be supportive? And I think just the recognition of this, if there's an addict right now who's listening to this podcast and hears this, what a wonderful thing for you to do to go to your partner and to say, you know, I never thought about what it might be like for you in terms of the fact that you've chosen to stay with me after what I've done and, and even check it out. Do you feel shame? Right. And if the person says, yes, I am so sorry that that's yet another way that this has impacted you. Right. So just naming it, just acknowledging it, just validating it to me, that would go a long way. Oh, a- absolutely. It just puts it out into the open. And then as a couple, you guys can work on it together. And that's really what you want in the end. But what about a partner when she's, she or he is feeling all of this shame? What's maybe some self-talk that they could do in order to kind of walk through it? And what can they say to themselves? That's a really great question. I mean, the first thing is start is trusting themselves like trusting that they are making the best decision that they can make for themselves and for their family. Also recognizing that they can change their mind, like that nothing is set, right? They have choices and there's also, there's not a specific timeline. They can go at their own pace. And, you know, another thing that they can say is many, many people have recovered. Many couples have recovered from betrayal and have not only, you know, survived, but they have thrived. I mean, I'm thinking of people that still stay in touch with me and I hear from whose relationships now are better than they ever were before. Now, I'm not saying that's always the case. And I don't want to minimize the experience that people have had in the past or are having now of having an addict who is not doing the work or not, you know, honoring the commitments or continuing to relapse. I get that that happens. But somebody who's committed to staying can remind themselves there are a lot of success stories. There are a lot of people out there who get better. There are a lot of people who recover and heal right? And if you're with somebody who's really committed to living with integrity and to keeping you safe, you can go on and have a wonderful relationship. It doesn't mean that it'll be exactly what it was like before. So I think having, Dwayne, like having really honest, realistic expectations, right? Right. Absolutely. Not expecting that that you're going to never, ever doubt your partner again right? Like this does change the trajectory of a relationship. It does. 
just like anything that happens to us changes the, the, our path in some way. But I think having hope and, and having trust and recognizing, by the way, that even outside of sex addiction, there's so much betrayal that occurs in relationships. It can be financial um, betrayal. It can be, you know, sharing information, private information, right, with somebody else that a partner would never have wanted to happen. And we don't just walk away from these relationships. People do, you know, when you think about your marital vows, and I'm not saying stay, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying though, that when we make these marital vows, the idea is that regardless of what happens, to the best of our ability, we're going to really do our best to make it work. And so it makes sense that somebody would be willing to at least try to heal a relationship. And then if it, if it doesn't work, you can, you can leave. You can always, of course, leave. But I'm just trying to validate why somebody would want to try to heal after they've been betrayed. Because unfortunately... Betrayal is often a part of our relationships and not just our most intimate relationships, right? Betrayal can happen with friendships and with extended family and with neighbors and with coworkers. And it hurts. It, it hurts. And we, we experience pain, you know, and, and in our most serious and most, um, our greatest, most attached relationships, we experience trauma, but we do our best to heal. Right. You know, and I, and I also say that, you know, the majority of people in betrayal actually choose to stay in the relationship. And then also acknowledging that there is more to this relationship than just the betrayal. And I think mm -hmm. that's important to say yes. a lot of times people have been together for a long time and maybe in the midst of betrayal, and this comes maybe quite a bit of time after betrayal trauma is healed, but there are often is still a lot of good things that can be recognized in the relationship and embraced and are worth saving. And it, it, you might not feel that at the beginning. It may be really hard to hold on to that. And I get that too, but sometimes that's worth staying. And, and you know, in every relationship, Dwayne is so different. So you're absolutely right. There are so many couples I've worked with where they have been able to look back at their relationship and see really clearly all of the beauty, all of the magic, all of the connection, all of the intimacy, all of the, the value of the relationship. And then sometimes we'll see couples that when we're encouraging them to look at those things, what, what is it you want to save? There are times when people might say, or a partner might realize, you know what? what? It wasn't so great. Like I realize now I was really mm. tolerating some bad behavior. And now I'm realizing some of it was all this sort of abuse to cover up the, the lying. And that's just, I don't see something there that's, that, that's worth saving. And that's okay too. This is a really personal choice. There is no right way and no wrong way to do this. Right. And I think that's where this exploration comes in to give yourself time to make that decision, work through your own shame of whatever that decision is with trusted individuals that can support you in the choice you feel is best for you. And if someone can't support you in that way, then, you know, let go of that or let go of that part of it and find the people that can help you. Right. Yeah. And we, we really recognize that this is a difficult situation to navigate and that shame, you know, shame plays a big part for both people when dealing with a 
traumatized relationship, a relationship traumatized specifically by betrayal. But we wanted to address it. We hope that the conversation, at least opening up this conversation and starting the dialogue is helpful. And, you know, we encourage you if you, if you realized, oh my God, yeah, this is something that's been impacting me. I do feel shame about staying. Talk about it, right? Talk about it and talk about it even to your husband or to the person that's hurt you. And again, if you're listening and you're someone who has betrayed your spouse or your partner, do not turn this off and then forget about it, right? Don't let your own shame now get in the way, right? Your own shame. I can see this happening. Someone's listening or a whole bunch of people are listening to this and now you're filled up with your own shame. Okay, go talk about that with the, with the people you trust. Go get support and then go to your partner and say, I was listening to this podcast and there was a discussion about the partner experiencing shame about her choice to stay. And I started thinking about what that might be like for you. And I am so sorry if that's the case. You know, obviously you don't use my words. You choose your own words, your own style. But I think that the message is clear. Don't, don't avoid it because of your shame. Go forward and talk about it and acknowledge it. Yeah. And if you're feeling defensiveness come up, if you're the betraying partner and you feel the defensiveness coming up as this topic is brought up, just try and take a step back. Don't go into your own stuff. Be there for your partner. Take a nice, deep, big breath, right? A deep, big breath in and slowly exhale. You can do this. You can hold your own shame and be able to show up for your partner with empathy and with, and even if you can't necessarily have the full-blown empathy, you can still start with the validation. Validation can come first, which is, I was listening to this podcast and I was listening to the, to this topic and I was wondering about how that might be impacting you, your experience with this, or, you know, it made sense. Cause as I was listening to it, I was thinking about you and it's clear to me that you've really been struggling with this. And I just want to let you know that I see that, right? Like I really made that connection when I was listening. So even if you can't take those next steps towards real empathic attunement, you can still start. Absolutely. All right, Marnie. Well, we hope this topic is helpful. Once again, if you want to continue this conversation online, please go to our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and type in Helping Couples Heal and join that group. Yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We appreciate you. We are sending you our very best wishes for your health and your healing. And we look forward to connecting with you again soon. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, where your healing is the number one priority. If you'd like additional resources about betrayal trauma or to learn more about the workshop, please visit helpingcouplesheal.com. If you're finding the podcast helpful, please support Dwayne and Marnie in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma. If you are finding the podcast helpful, Please support Marnie and Dwayne in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with someone you care about. Once again, thank you for listening. We're grateful for your trust and look forward to continuing to support you on your journey of healing.